Cause all across the world Still Hitting them corners And them lolos girl Still Taking my time To perfect the beat And I still got love For the street Sunday. Welcome to all of you Capital Sports listeners here on Moscow's Capital FM. My name is Alan Moore and I'll be one of your co-hosts tonight on Mainland Europe's number one English language radio sports show. Now before I kick off tonight's show, I'm going to repeat our promise, okay? That for the next hour we're going to give all of our brains a rest because the world around us is full of non-sports news which, yeah, okay, it has some value, it has some interest but we're going to have a little break because we're all, look, I'm, I'm talking about myself as well, we're checking, we're scrolling, we're listening, we're reading, we're watching, we're discussing events over which not one, one single one of us can change, okay? So what we're going to do here for the next hour on Capital Sports, Moscow's Capital FM is we're going to be more thoughtful, we're going to be more empathetic to those around us. Except, of course, people are going to be on speaking with us because we're going to make fun of them. But that's the only thing we can do. We can try to sort of look after each other. And, I mean, I'm as guilty as the next person. I'm here at my own, well, in the, the other studios of producers. But, you know, uh, we just have to try and look out for each other just a little bit more. Okay? So we're going to promise you that we're going to give our brains a rest, have a little bit of fun, and, you know, meet Monday a whole lot healthier than we've... Uh, Meeting Sunday. Okay, now in just a moment we're going to go to St. Petersburg and to Dublin to speak with Andrew Flint and Isol Cody. You can guess who is where. 
they're going to be discussing the Russian Premier League, English Premier League, and some of the most notable sports events of the week. Yeah, there's been a huge week in sport. Very interesting changes and uh, demands as well. In part two, Andy Mack, he is going to be joined by, by, boy, by Sempre Inter's main man. He is Nima Rutsari and he's going to speak about European football and, of course, the state of the Syria A title race because it is, well, it kind of is a three-team race. We're going to discuss a little bit more with him. And, of course, in part three, we have the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Now, before we go further, of course, we're going to mention the games that were on this weekend. One just finished um, in the Russian Premier League. Of course, a few minutes ago, Dinamo, they got a goal back to draw 1-1 with Rostov at home. So, decent point for them against a decent Rostov side. Uh, earlier on today, poor El Rubin, uh, their man, Lee Nisluski, had a pretty torrid homecoming to Siska Moscow. They lost 6-1. Rubin, absolutely disgusted with themselves, absolutely terrible match altogether. Uh, Zenit, of course, they won 3 against Arsenal Tula. Loco winning down in Grozny, they did well. Uh, quite a few fans went down to that, they won 3-2. And, of course, Spartak, well, true to form, they finished up 1-1 out in Nizhny Novgorod. And Himki... Himki, yes, our little, uh, I can't say little, that's really, really patronising. But our Moscow Oblast team, they drew, or they won 1-0 uh, out in uh, Ufa. Oh, sorry, in Yekaterina Works, sorry, okay. We'll speak about it just in one moment. So, as the table sits right now, Dino are in second place. They are five points behind Zenit, uh, who are on 48 points. Uh, one point behind, they, they are storming along. Siska, they are on 42 points. Then Sochi, of course, in fourth. Loco are up into sixth again on 34 points. Spartak hanging around like a bag smell in the lower half of the table on 27 points further and further away from those top spots and Himki they're giving themselves a bit of hope they are on 18 points level with Ufa just ahead of them okay um, Andrew Flint uh, straight away that Siska game I mean it just showed the depth and the quality of the side that they were able to absolutely dismantle a not bad uh, Rubin Kazan team <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Um, the fact that all four goal scorers were four new midfielders who have arrived and they, all four of them have slotted in seamlessly. Yazici, a hat-trick. Um, he's the first player ever to score in all four of his first four Russian Premier League games. He looks just a class above. Um, I mean, yes, the sendings off didn't help, but they weren't absolutely critical because they were, they were already 4-0 down by the time the first red card came. Um, but you're absolutely right. The strength and depth is incredible. Hordon Magnuson comes back from injury for Tiska as well. So yet more strength for them. OK, and you're a good buddy, Fyodor Smolov, rescuing a point for Dino today <laughs> with a 90-minute minute penalty. Um, I mean, in fairness, in fairness... Always comes up close. He does. And I mean, like, he, like <laughs> Rostov were, were, good, were good for their... Um, you know, good for a point. They could have been good for a win. Uh, their, their keeper yeah. forced into a few decent saves... But that's that's very very good. At least for Dinamo to hang on, it means I mean, we we've already we know that Zenit are going to win the title. But at least that fight for second place is all important, though, isn't it? Well, it is. Um, I, I think it's a. I do think it's a poor result for Dinamo. They really had to be winning that. Rostov lead goals for fun, but Polos is in form. His tenth goal of the season. Um, but as we've said, Zenit were always going to win the title, realistically. It looked a few weeks ago like it might be a bit of a title race. I'd say this weekend, title race is over. But Dinamo second is a very good achievement still. That's true. OK, Nizhny Novgorod, of course, they, they went one behind and a couple of minutes later equalised against Spartak. Um, I mean, Spartak, are, that, that's them in a nutshell, isn't it? That is them. They, they go away to a team... <laughs> And you know yeah. that they should really be beating, but they 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 you know drop two points. So I mean, it's looking it's not looking good for them in any in any way, shape, or form. 
Well, it, it isn't really. Um, it, they, they look a lopsided uh, team, to be honest. Uh, Shamar Nicholson was a good signing coming in. Um, Sobinov not able to get a game is a slightly odd one because he's one of the few forwards who was actually performing first half of the season. Um, they've got a lot of dead weight to get rid of. Um, Jordan Larson has to go, surely, at some point. Um, but they're just aimlessly wandering through the rest of the season. There's nothing in it for them now. But next season, I have no idea how they'll be ready. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult in terms of finance. It could be very hard for next year. Um, just a quick yeah. mention, uh, Lokomotiv, of course, winning winning well down in in, uh, in Grozny. I mean, they came back uh, from behind. Okay, they took the lead earlier on um, and then came back to win 3-2. But, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I mean, it's a struggle for them even to try and, you know, to, to, to get that momentum against the Grozny team who weren't that great. Well, Athens are a very up and down side, aren't they? I mean, they, they are... They are typically difficult um, in Grozny, but they they do concede a fair few goals. It was pleasing to see Loco show that character. They've they've come back. They've got more points from losing positions than any other side in the Russian Premier League, and that does speak a fair bit of um, you know, a fair bit of credit for them. Isidor and Kukta scoring is good. Three goals in three for the young Frenchman. Um, so it's some signs of hope for Loco um, when we thought there were probably going to be none. But no, it, it, that's a good result. That very, very good result away. Okay, explain to me uh, Himke winning with an almost last-minute <laughs> goal uh, against Ural out in Yekaterinburg. So the Ural needs to go down one nil to the bottom side in the league. Oh, Jesus! I mean, it's it's a depressing um, it's a depressing result for anybody, even if you don't have any emotional attachment to it. Himke, a, a dull side who have loaded up on experience, and it's still done done them no good. Um, but they, Ural can't score to save their lives. So a nil-nil would have been a reasonable result for Kimki. But it gives them a lot of hope. It gives them a lot of hope there. Um, because they're now, I believe, only two points off potential safety. Um, when they're I thought only, they were only two very... points. They're only two points off Ural, who are in 13th position. So <laughs> it's, it's not looking well, there you for go. Ural. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Okay, uh, right now, of course, there is FA Cup action going on. A very interesting game, nil-nil between Nottingham Forest and Liverpool. Uh, Manchester City won earlier on, 4-1 against Southampton. So the winners of that uh, Forest and Liverpool game will meet. Um, Everton going down 4-0 to Crystal Palace earlier on today, and that was a kind of that was embarrassing for for uh, Everton altogether. Leicester City winning 2-1 in the Premier League against Brentford and Tottenham. 3-1 winners over West Ham United. It was getting very Tottenham-y or Hotspurs-y uh, towards the end, but your guys still came through, Isol Cody. The last four minutes, uh, until Sun scored, with literally minutes to come, I was waiting for the Spursiness to kick in. <laughs> it's an inbuilt fear that with about 10 minutes to go, every Spurs fan, if we were ahead 8-0, you'd still get that feeling that this could all go a bit Spursy. <laughs> but look, it was a great win. Good to see Harry Kane has got a haircut, um, which has, it's, it's really, it's done wonders for him. Um, but him and Son are, you know, when they're on form, they're a league above. And it was a really, it was an enjoyable match because of the fact that Spurs Spurs looked good and they sort of would make you feel that they could get top four. Now, that's a feeling that's only going to last in reality until the next round of games. But <laughs> well, we are listen- where we are. 
They're not far away. They're, they're only three points behind Arsenal. Um, OK, they have a game, more, one more game played. And, of course, Chelsea yeah. are eight points ahead. That looks like you know, Chelsea dead start for third. One thing I'm going to ask you about right now, of course, um, Liverpool midweek winning. So a lot of Liverpool fans coming back out of woodwork and starting to crow once more. Um, Isil Cody, start with you on that. They're only one point behind. They're on 69 points. They're one point behind Man City. Now, I've called it for Man City. I called it for them two mm-hmm. months ago. Um, Andy Mack says I was premature, but I've never really been premature. Well, I was born prematurely. I was born premature. Six- <laughs> Sorry. This could go very wrong. Yeah, I know. I was trying to say, how can I, how can I put this right away? So I was born premature, right? But uh, <laughs> let's move on quickly. Right, Isol Cody, tell me, am I wrong in being premature about Liverpool losing the league? I certainly, in my opinion, I continue to think uh, it will be safe. Um, I think the one big advantage is Liverpool have their games. They have the earlier games, I think, for most of the majority. So it basically means that if they get a result, the pressure's back on City as opposed to vice versa. So they, City know what they have to do based on the results earlier in the day from Liverpool. So that's in Liverpool's favour. I just, I don't see City losing it. I think there's a level of composure there that they're not going to slip up against a big team when they have it their focus on the uh, end prize but I do think it is a big advantage your game you're not looking at the score coming from the Emirates or wherever City are playing you have your score out of the way it's banked and it's a case of they then have it all to do that's the one big advantage Liverpool have Yeah that, I, I think that's I think you're dead right on that Isol I think isn't it? You're, you're, you're 100% right I agree with you Andrew you, 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 would you think the same thing as well I mean that like City have the whip hand in that sense yeah, um, absolutely. They they they're a machine. Liverpool are on an emotional side, and when they're on mm. form, they're virtually unstoppable. But I just don't think I, I can't see past City. I know mathematically it's close, but they just they churn out wins when they need to. Um, it, it's theirs. It's theirs. The title's theirs. Yeah. Um, just very quickly, uh, of course, there's World Cup qualifying uh, on this week. Uh, we do understand it like, you know, of course, Russia or the Football Union of Russia, they're not going to be playing Poland. Uh, Russia, of course, losing a case midweek in Cass, which we kind of like said it was it was always going to go, you know, it was very, very much 50-50. Um, Scotland, of course, not playing against Ukraine. Um, but Italy, North Macedonia, Portugal, Turkey, Sweden, Czech Republic and Wales against Austria. Um Isla, which one of those games will you be tuning into on, uh, I think it's on Thursday? Uh, well, as you know, Ireland are also not involved, but that's just for our... I, I, I skipped up. Jesus, Isla, come on. I thought I made that really nice. I just like... <laughs> by just not mentioning Ireland, I thought I would have been obvious. But anyway... It's like, we're, we're not in there for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, we've, uh, for principles uh, of uh, not wanting to win games, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's not uh, stress <laughs> anyone. I think, I suppose, look, if you're going to tune in for any of them, probably at a push uh, maybe Portugal it's not like they're not great they're not a great series of games there's I think there's only two there's also um, Portugal and Turkey could be at least a bit of bite in it you'll expect the teams to be a bit spicy Wales and Austria look Wales are basically like watching Spurs you never know what you're going to get so <laughs> why not go with that Andrew which one, exactly. would, you, which one would you want to tune into um well, I think if you're looking for a close game, I think Sweden Czech Republic could be probably the closest game. But I actually agree with Vesel. I think Wales Austria is a is a better one to watch because more it will mean a lot more to Wales. They they don't often qualify for the major tournaments in recent years. Euros they've been there, but um, 
I, I think this one is is a winnable game for them if they get a. I think they will be allowed a full crowd, so that atmosphere will count. Okay, um, as I mentioned, of course, Russia they lost their CAS to cast the Court of Arbitration Sport case. But it hasn't really been all that easy in terms, uh, well, for, for Russian athletes. Um, Isolt and, and Andrew as well, I mean, uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, the pressure's coming on that he has to denounce uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, in order to be able to play in Wimbledon. But that doesn't seem to be, you know, Wimbledon have been relatively tight-lipped about it. Todd Woodbridge, of course, the uh, legend of Australian tennis, has come out and said this is a very bad idea, that this should not happen. Andrew Rublov, who's going great guns, in Indian Wells said the same thing as well that they you know that they should be just allowed to play this shouldn't be about politics um, how, how do we how do we proceed on this Heasold? I suppose let's remember tennis players are in a privileged position here a lot of other um, Russian athletes are not being allowed to participate on a global level and even by the same token last night there were Russian athletes and fighters competing in UFC London, they weren't asked to come out and make public statements beforehand. And I think the difficulty is there is a knock-on consequence when you ask anyone to make a public statement, especially it goes to everything to do with their sponsorships, it goes to their family situation, if you have differing views, it goes to a lot. And I think people can have conversations behind the scenes, but the difficulty here is, from a tennis perspective, they're saying, there are a lot of Russian athletes who aren't competing globally. And as you mentioned, the CAS um, initial appeal during the week has basically said to Russian football, you will not be competing. There is a full, full set of proceedings still to happen, but that will be convened once they've arbitrators lined up. But I think the difficulty here is you can't have different sports apply different standards. But by the same token, if you're in the privileged few, perhaps you have to make your views publicly known either way and then it's a call for organisers as to how they want to proceed because obviously you have, you've had the Russian tennis player in Dubai making his feelings known yeah. and, and Medvedev as well in fairness he, he did he came out immediately uh, on his social media and, and yeah. you know was, was kind of like a wanted piece um, Andrew I mean it, it's a difficult situation mm. that, that this young guy has been put into well, well it is absolutely um, and I think he's um, absolutely right that it is very, very awkward because I think I can understand why Wimbledon and the government so far have not laid the law down. Because once they do that, it's, I wouldn't say a slippery slope, but it sets a precedent, at least, for mm. other sports. How do you compare sports? Because it, it isn't always um, the same level of exposure. The intense attention on Wimbledon for such a short period makes it a different matter to playing week in, week out. Um, you know, Russian players not being allowed to play football in Europe for example that's a big it's a different deal um, but it, I don't really see what else could be done can is, it, is there a legal precedent to allow them to just come out to say Russian players we're just going to choose not to ban them it has to come from a legal bank uh, standpoint you'd have to imagine well, but that's all uh, Isol mentioned in our chat here like that you know that like you know what level like what do they expect what do they expect them to say um, you know, it is a kind of a case of like when the bar keeps rising. We saw it in relation to doping when it was applied unilaterally on a single country that no matter what then was being brought to the fore, whatever change would be made, the bar kept going up, you know. And at that case, I think we say, wait, 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 let's just all be human here and, you know, try to first of all solve issues on the ground 
and, you know, try to separate sport. It's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. I mean, I would never, you know, I, I remember the same thing uh, in Croatia in 2003 with um, American tennis players who were over playing on the uh, an ITF Future Store. And it was brought up to them by some Serbian players who were playing there that, like, you know, oh, you're involved in, like, you know, the war, which was still very just after starting in Iraq. And... I remember the reaction from some of our players thinking, "No, no, no! This like this has nothing to do. So we, you, you know, we don't discuss this because, of course, the Serbs mm. were there in Croatia, and it wasn't you know eight years before the war had just ended in Croatia. So it was a kind of a you know very confusing moment for everybody. But okay, that's it. We, we've discussed it. We'll move on, guys. Thank you so so much. Um, we'll be back, of course, in part three. Uh, so we're going to come back, of course, uh, with. Uh, Andy Mack and Nima in part two in just a moment, a few minutes. But we're going to go out for less than four minutes. It'll only be three minutes and seven seconds. But we're going to go out with Justin Timberlake and Madonna and four minutes. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
You gotta get them up. Лучшее завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Okay, welcome back, folks. Hope you enjoyed that musical interlude and uh, grooved a little bit in your kitchen or wherever you're sitting. Uh, I know one person's a big, big Madonna fan, so that was for you. Uh, not Larry Litsky, of course. He is listening, but it's not for you, Larry. Uh, I know you're a Madonna fan, but not that much. Okay, it is 67 minutes into that game between Forrest and Liverpool. It is still nil-nil. Okay, still nil-nil. Okay. Um, we're good, folks, in, in this segment, we, we're, we've an awful lot to get through, okay? Because it's a, a very interesting title race, of course. We know in the Premier Division, of course, in England, the Premier League in England, sorry, Premier Division is the League of Ireland uh, top tier. But uh, in Italy, of course, it is Serie A. And it's a very, very important title race going on right now. But first, going to go straight away to Andy Mack. Andy, are you relieved that Scotland don't have to play uh, Ukraine? I'm, I'm very relieved that um, Justin Timberlake's song's finished. <laughs> All right. Listen, <coughs> sorry. Yes, of course, uh, France won the Grand Slam, as we knew they would, because uh, we predicted it here in December. Um, they beat England. It was very hard for a lot of Irish people, a lot of, maybe not Scottish people, but a lot of Irish people cheering for England yesterday <laughs> to beat France so Ireland could win. But Ireland beat Scotland a very... Uh, Difficult Scotland side to beat, but they beat them all the same, Andy. Um, where now for Scotland? Because, of course, Italy got a great win away in Wales, so the first win in seven years, uh, first win in Wales. But, you know, um, who would you prefer now to, to finish bottom next year, Scotland or Italy? <laughs> That's a silly question. Uh, but I really don't know where, where to from here, because um, not a big Finn Russell fan, as you know. Uh, but he actually seemed to improve Scotland, which wasn't difficult after he came on. But um, Scotland were woeful, absolutely woeful. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very poor Scottish play. But, you know, I mean, they were unlucky. Ireland didn't play great, but they played well enough to win. So it is good for them. So congratulations to France and Thierry Villery. Well done to you as well. Um, Andy, also, now looking straight away, of course, uh, up north... Up north, the title race is starting to grind along. Rangers, of course, winning 2-1 today. Um, as the, the, the uh, matches sort of grind to an end up in, in Scotland, do you think that you know, Celtic have enough in their legs? They're only three points ahead right now, but have they got enough in their legs uh, to get through and win the title? Um, I mean, there's a big break now, uh, obviously, for the international for two weeks. The first game back is, is Rangers-Celtic. Um, so, and then of course, uh, the Celtic and Rangers have to play each other three more times this season. Once in a Scottish Cup semi-final, two more times in the league. If it's coming down to legs, Rangers are still in uh, in the Europa League. So you, you'd be fairly confident that, barring injuries and 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 what happens during the international break, that uh, Celtic would would have the the squad there to utilise to keep that that cushion in front. But you never know. Okay. Stranger uh, things have happened up there. 
That is very, very true. Okay. Um, just a quick word, of course, about the KHL, the Continental Hockey League. Uh, it is playoff time. Uh, today, Scott St. Petersburg got one back against Spartak Moscow, winning 2-1. It was 1-1 after second period. And then Ska, of course, getting the goal. Of course, Spartak got a, a bye in the first round. Right now, it's the Ska there leading in Dynamo Moscow 2-0 in their series. And uh, Ska... Uh, yeah, Scott St. Petersburg uh, 1-1 against Spartak OK, now we're going up to Sweden uh, and I will say now, please forgive me for this I'll say uh, Nauruz Pirus, is that correct? Or Happy Nauruz? Thank you very much, that's that's absolutely that's correct, yeah, it's it's uh, Nauruz Pirus, exactly, yeah, Nauruz thank you Pirus. very much it's, it's the Iranian New Year today, so exactly. yeah, that's true and I mean, Thank you. You're very welcome because, of course, it is celebrated in Russia as well because a lot of people um, from yeah, Turkmenistan, yeah. Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, yeah. they also celebrate Tajikistan. It. Tajikistan, yeah. exactly. Tajik. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the, uh, we, we, they, they also call it the Eastern New Year, but not the Chinese yeah. one. So that's, that's why it's been <laughs> different with me. Um, Nima, I want to just ask straight away um, because, of course, the big, big playoff uh, game this week uh, for the World Cup, it's uh, Thursday, of course, um, Italy against North Macedonia. Now, of course, they were formerly known as Macedonia, now North Macedonia. Um, Italy have a little bit too much for them, don't they? Well, I mean, it's it's it is quite. They put themselves quite in, in quite the predicament um, because they 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 should have won that group, um, especially the two games against Switzerland, missing penalties in each, um, and they were completely in command in both games. And now they find themselves in a situation where. North Macedonia, you know, in Palermo, that's a game they should be should fairly beat because North Macedonia, with all due respect, they're not exactly a European powerhouse, and Italy are reigning European champions. So um, that that's the game they should beat. But you know, it, it, it can still be a be, be a trick. It can still be a bit of a, a pitfall for Italy because we've seen them before dominate teams but not be able to put the goal into the back of the net. Um, you know the the famous Italy number nine problem that they don't seem to seem to have a number nine that can play in Roberto Mancini's system, uh, at least not one that that delivers consistently. Now Chiri Mobile has been tried there, and that is obviously the right decision to do because given how how many goals he scored for Lazio, becoming their all time highest goal scorer in the Serie A as well. Um, having won the European Golden Boot, etc. I mean, it's 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 quite a it's it is a nervous situation because the very idea of Italy missing two World Cups, in, in, you know, two in a row is is just it's just unthinkable for them. I mean, that would be, you know, you, you, it's one thing to miss it once. That was a dreadful team. It was a dreadful coach. You get a good coach. He starts a rebuild with young players. They play some of the best football in, in the Euros, and they won that deservedly. And now, through no fault of the, you know, through through just silliness and, and carelessness, they find themselves in a situation where they can actually miss, miss the World Cup again. But okay, well, that's, I want to just ask you right away about it. Um, uh, let, let's let's skip past uh, Champions Europa League at the moment. I'm looking at the Serie A table right now. So Inter, of course, mm. have a game in hand over Napoli and uh, Milan. Um, so Milan on 66, Napoli 63, and Inter on 60 points. Um, now, Andy Mack, I'll ask you this. Do you reckon that Inter can actually catch up and, and overtake those top two sides? Because they've got nine games to play. They've got nine games to play, but they've dropped, what, four points in their last two in the league? Um, they, I mean, I thought they blew Fiorentina away first half, should have been in front, had a goal disallowed. Fiorentina nabbed one. 
that was the kick up the bum that they kind of needed to wake up, but then didn't get the points back. Same with against Torino the week before. And then you look at their fixtures. I mean, they're away at Juve. Uh, Verona are a, a, a sort of flamboyant, carefree kind of side that could punish someone on their day. They're then They've then got Roma. Uh, tough games with teams down in the, in the relegation fight as well towards the end. Um, so I'm going to say no. Okay, uh, Nima, would you agree with that? That that I mean, they've they've won one of the last five games in Syria. Ah, they've got three like three draws and a loss. Do you think that they've they've blown their chances? That maybe second or third is is uh, the best for them? Yeah, I mean, Inter were, I mean, the, the, what, what, where, where it all went wrong, and this will go down probably in, in Inter's history, is those five, six minutes in the derby against Milan where, where had they been able to, you know, capitalize on the advantage they had up until the 71st minute and, and score the second goal, they would have won that game. They would have gone seven points clear with a game in hand, that which, which meant probably 10 points. But, Instead, what happened was uh, that Samir Handanovic and Stefan de Frey decided to, to, to turn into Dr. Frankenstein and re, you know, bring Olivier Giroud's career back to life. And getting turned by Olivier Giroud at the age of 34, 35, he's never done that previously in his life. But Stefan de Frey managed to do that and Samir Handanovic managed to do that as well. So they lose that game and then they, they, they're just in complete mental freefall. And since then, two wins in nine Serie A games now. Um, they they draw a lot. They look nervous. They don't look like a team that is ready to win the title. And I think um, if you know, looking at the fixtures, it is it's it's it is going to be tight. I think Inter will finish third or second. Um, but it's not. Um, it, I I really don't see how how anyone gets past Milan at this point because Milan winning three one nil games in a row, winning games where they aren't exactly playing well, but it doesn't matter. That's how championships are won. That's how leagues are won. Winning games when you're not playing well, whilst Inter, when they were playing well and everyone was handing out trophies in the middle of the season, well, they drew some of those you know, games um, when it, the, the first derby fixture against Milan, where they completely had so many chances, couldn't score. Same with Atalanta game at home and away. I mean, that's that's been Inter's problem, um, that they cannot put the goal into the back of the net, uh, which is weird when you consider that um, they, they're the top scorers in the yeah, city. I, I, I was going to say, look at the players that they have. Look at the guys who can actually put the ball in the back of the net. They have the talent. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm in, in a wider view, okay, I'm going to start, um, just start with you on this. Um, Roma <laughs> against Bodo Glimt. Andy Mack is getting shakes mm. right now. Uh, Bodo uh, Glimt, <laughs> I should say, it's on the 7th of April, um, they're playing Roma. That's the first leg at home. That's, uh, in European competition, in the Europa Conference League. Then you've got Atalanta yeah. playing Red Bull Leipzig. That's on April 7th. Of course, that's in Leipzig. Um, and nobody in the Champions League. Yeah. What the hell? No, is like, I mean, this is, like, I mean, I, I've always liked Italian football. Since, same stuff, like, since Football Italia, when it used to be on Channel 4 on a Sunday, it was always wonderful and it was something exotic and brilliant um, mm. and passionate. But what's happened that Italian football has gone back a little bit even though looking at the players and the teams they still have huge quality and talent in the league well the, the simple answer to that is finances the Italian teams don't have the same money and the same power that the Premier League clubs mainly due to the you know it's, it's a quite a, it's a complex answer to that but it's mainly about the TV deal 
Uh, it's a league that is structurally a mess in terms of ownership, in terms of stadiums. The stadiums are falling apart. They're owned by the councils. Uh, it's in Inter and Milan for, for the past five years been trying to build a new new stadium, but they just keep the, the the red tape and the bureaucracy is just un, is unbearable. They haven't even begun building. It was supposed to be built for the Olympics. It's not going to get built by then. Now there's now Inter and Milan have finally gotten fed up. They're talking about leaving and, and, and go joining, a, building it in just like adjacent, like kind of in Milan, but another council. I mean, this is this is Italian football in a nutshell. Um, Rocco Comiso been trying to do the same in Fiorentina, uh, in sorry in Florence with with Fiorentina not working there. Rome and Lazio. Any, every time the Romas try to build a new stadium, they felt the same problems. You know, th- this is the, this is the issue. It's it's every municipality they they don't want to give up because they're in a position of power with these stadiums because they own them and they don't want to to, um, to to give up that. But at the same time, they don't want they don't have the money because they're broke most of them, so they don't they can't invest in building the stadiums. Um, you know, so it, it's all of these things added together over 20, 30 years pe- period of time. And this is where you end up. I mean, Italian teams have essentially now become feeder clubs to the Premier League. Yeah. And that's just the gr- no, that's just the grim reality of it. Well, no, I, mean, I, it's, I know it's very that. simple. Because, I, I mean, it, as you said, like, I mean, it is it's the same as the Scottish Premier. I mean, players will move on from there to other leagues. Same with League of Ireland as well, and it is. I mean, for before where Syria A was a place to be, especially before yeah. and after the 1990 World Cup in Italy, it yeah. was huge. Um, and Mike, here's one a quick one to you, just before we we uh, go out to the break. I'll come back to the team with, with his view on it as well. Uh, midweek, the the preliminary uh, view from CAS was that uh, Russian national team, Russian clubs are out of uh, football, well, international football for the moment. Um, do you think that in terms of like, is that are there going to be countries who are going to be happy with that? Thinking, oh, that's great, our coefficient is going to go up, um, or are they thinking, oh, uh, are we going to rob some players from Russia, or what, what's going to happen? Do you reckon? Um, I think this will be punishment probably for one one spin of one tournament, one major tournament is going to have a drastic knock on effect already um, throughout Russian football. Um, in terms of you know they've spent one and a half years. Preparing going into this this tournament, a lot of the the players might not be fit, ready, whatever to go for the, for the next one again. So just the fact of being banned from one, yes, it's a bonus for for Poland or whatever going through, um, but it's also going to have a massive knock on effect potentially into the Champions League, Europa League, domestic football. Um, I think Russia dropping out from next season's Champions League and Europa League massively affects their coefficient for then qualifying. Um, so I think that then knocks them out of the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were ninth. Um, so long-term effect of just banning them from these, you know, this little small segment of this season in the World Cup could have a kind of disastrous effect potentially for yeah. five, six, seven, eight years. No, Nima, you, you're, you're uh, breathing uh, heavily there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're despairing. This, this is this looks bad. This looks bad for football as a whole. No, I mean it's it is what it is. I mean the, the thing is that the only way that the reason why Agnelli at Juve wanted the European Super League is because he knows, and also Real Madrid is knows that they can't. You know, given how much of the market the Europe the EPL swallows in terms of TV deals, the others know that they can't catch up, and so. That's why they want to do the European Super League because that would just allow them to 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 kind of give them breathing space. But that creates other problems as well. 
look, it's 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 you know at the end of the day, I think you know when the model of football is one giant money game, and it's going to be more and more inflated. Um, and obviously, a lot of the problems that Serie A have created, they've created on their own. I mean, the very idea that we're in 2022 and these the, these stadiums, the stadium issue I mentioned, um, not to mention the TV deal is an absolute disaster. That's on them. But then you also look you know, at other things and you're thinking, well, um, well, how do they catch up? And it's impossible for them to catch up. So, yes, I think this is something Italian clubs are going to have to deal with until and unless the powers that be in Italy realize that they have to allow for, you know, foreign investments to actually invest and to decide over the properties they invest in. I mean, that's that's just usually how it works. Sorry, Nima, do you think there's a consistency issue as well when you look at the top clubs in Europe? They've kind of got this level of consistency with the players, the management, the, the backroom staff, the, the upper elchins of the club. And you look at Italy, I think it was Simone Inzaghi was the longest-serving coach at Lazio, uh, and you look at the likes of Napoli, uh, both Milans, they're, they're changing coaches, they're changing all sorts of structural things within the club almost every six months to, to two years. Does well, that have I mean, a massive impact or not really? No, I, th- I think it depends. I mean, those, if we, it depends, of course. We all know that if, you know, when you have a coach there for a longer period of time, you know, you have more of a chance to build something over time and, and something that's more coherent and consistent, like you say. But I think with Inter and Milan, they were going through the the worst decade in their history. I mean, it was what, the, you know, the kids call it the banter era. It was their banter era. Both of these clubs were not in the Champions League for, for, six, for, for, for almost a decade, both of them. And now they're back, you know, because of the ownership issue, Berlusconi and Moratti running clubs, running these clubs like they did in Italy back 30, 20, 30, 30 40 years ago, whilst the other, whilst the Premier League was financially very solvent in terms of they were financially sound. Now that's changing. You're seeing a lot of, Excuse me. You're seeing a lot of owners from China. We see owners from China, but mainly from America with Italian roots, investing in Italian football and trying to, you know, you know, change, change it from the bottom up. And that has to happen. The problem is that the powers that be are are not going to let them do that without kicking and screaming. So I think, you know, so this is something that's going to continue for for quite some time, and it's it's a shame because. When Brentford and Crystal Palace have the same turn or turnover as Milan and Inter, well, that tells you all you need to know. It's, 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 it's a huge problem. But look, we're not going to solve it right now. But I know, Neva, you're saying always for, for the quiz after this. We do have to go out to the break right now. You'll be back, back with us for the quiz. So thank you both very, very much for your time. Of course, Andy will be back as well. So we're going to go out with Moby and lift me up back after this with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Sports with Alan Moore. Playing, talking, talking. Served us so well, served us so well. 
разрешение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. Uh, it is all goals. Uh, Spurs, or sorry, Forest were denied a penalty in that game uh, against Liverpool. They are 1-0 down. There's a minute to go. Uh, Jota, he scored a goal in the 78th minute for Liverpool, just as we were speaking. Just before we went out to the break, uh, Liverpool went 1-0 up. Now, uh, unfortunately, um, we are not able to get Alina uh, Miyakova on the line. She, of course, is travelling back. They played Fiorentina. Um... How do we say? Well, how do we say? We can say that they lost. So Hellas Verona lost, unfortunately. They lost 6-0 against Fiorentina. So it looks like they're going down, but hopefully Alina will get a few games under her belt and do well. Now, of course, the Big Five Filthy Quiz, as we always say, it's an awful lot of fun. Uh, as probably more fun than what I'm watching right here on the screen in front of me, there's Bologna playing Atalanta. Nil-nil right now is just in the second minute. So um, I will do a call around the houses. Peter P., you're back with us, I believe. Indeed, the champ is here. Okay, well, you, you missed out a few weeks, so you're no longer the champ. You, you were kind of in exile, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you can win your title back. You can hey. win it back. Don't worry about Wait, that. Wait, did you, did you, did you put me in exile? No, you exiled yourself. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you had to. You had to issue a written statement no, no, saying no, you apologise. It was all a scheme. It was an elaborate scheme. You see, I returned as an underdog. To yeah, be that's my exactly. That's it. There uh, you go. Keep believing. Andy it. Mac. <laughs> Keep believing. It. All right, Isil Cody, you're back with us. Bonjour. Lovely, Andy Mac, you're back with us as well. Glad I'm putting the fear up, Peter P. <laughs> okay, Elena's <laughs> out. Andrew Flint, you're there with us. Hopefully not bringing up the rear. Okay, that is good. I hope so too. And Nima, you were there also with us. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This is the first time I'm doing this, so I don't really know what to expect. <laughs> don't expect it to be of a high standard. No. <laughs> if you expect well, I think, I, think, I think that's why he invited me on, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if you expect the worst, then you're actually you're, you're hiring, hiring your standards. Just, just don't expect anything at all. Okay. Uh, Double N, you're there with us as well? Yep, yep. Okay, so Double N, he is going to be doing the, the peacekeeping, the scorekeeping. Uh, so Peter P is going first. Peter P, you have to tell me, okay? These are WWE walkout themes, okay? So you have to tell me who is the wrestler that this is, okay? So 10 points for each one. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go, Peter P. Go on, who is it? John Cena. <laughs> Ten points. All right. Uh, Isol Cody, this one is for you. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> you say that so worried. I'm a 13-year-old boy, so I don't know how I'm going to know any of these. You had a brother. You have another half. You can just get Brian and say, Brian, come here, listen to this. Even the dogs in the street. No, the, the huskies in the house will know these ones. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Here we go. This is an easy one for you. Be the words that are in your face. I believe them, I believe. It's a shame 
Okay, come on, you have to know that one. You have to know <laughs> that one. Useful. Come on. Okay, I know about three wrestlers, and I'd say one of them's probably dead. I actually think he is. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to go with him. Right. Fairly sure he's dead. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Steve Austin. No, no. I named a wrestler. I yeah, no, you did. Well, I'll give you a point. I will give you a point. No, he's actually from up the road. He's from Cabra. Seamus. I give it so easy to insult. I literally, I. Taste of music is not my fault. He's obviously, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, don't go. Don't, unless we get banned off the air for this. Right, Andy Mac. This one is for you. Ready? No. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway. Here we go. It's for you. Okay, Andy. Um, These are older, rest, older wrestlers. I'll give you a chance. And it would, they're a tag team. It's a tag Ooh. team song. Yeah. It's an Is old it the Bushwhackers. Whoa! Well done, Andy Mack. Well done. Uh, Wait, but, that's actually a real tag team. Yeah. I was joking. They were brilliant. They <laughs> were the very best. They were the best of the best. Okay, Andrew, this one is for you. Ready? No. <laughs> you will love this one. Here we go. Go on. Okay, so Andy, you have to get that. Yeah, Andrew, please, you know this one. Um, I'm gonna. I actually know this one. Go, okay. Which is All right. Uh, okay. This, I'm going to ask. I'm going to. I'm going to. I've got no choice. No excuse. Uh, Andrew, please, give a guess. Give a guess. Uh, I'll go with uh, Bret Hart. I know it's a bit old. Uh, no, no. Okay, Isolt and Andy say it at the same time. The Heartbreak Kid. Isolt, was that your answer? Yeah, that was my answer. Sean Michael. <laughs> Michaels, well done. I'm going to use both a point for that. <laughs> I'm a teenage boy. Who knew? I can compete in different sports. <laughs> All right, Nima, are you ready for this now? Is Nima still there? Yes, I am. Yes, I, am. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I'm here, I'm here. I think you're just home up and going, what the hell have I got myself into? You know? here you go. I'm oh, a serious God. sports person, and then these guys, okay, here we go. So, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> all right, so I, I think you should know, I, I hope you should know this, okay? I'm giving you a chance, all right? I am. So here we go. Okay. Oh, no, that wasn't it. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, an advert flages is not going to play it. Okay, anyway. Nima, are you a fan of wrestling? Yeah, I used to, when I was a kid, uh, back in the 80s, a long time ago, uh, we used to, I used to watch, um, I used to watch quite a bit, but I, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> okay, all right, don't worry. Now, here, this, you'll, you will get this one, because this would have been kind of late 80s. Actually, I think 1990, he, he, uh, this, okay. this wrestler came in. It was actually in late 1990, as far as I remember. So here we go. Okay. That's got to be um, the, well, what's his name? The Undertaker, oh, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, applause. Well done. Ten points straight away. Right, there we go. That's the way to do it. Just as Italian, you know, not Catanaccio. That's just root one, good Italian football. There we go. Right. Now, the next one is fill in the missing words. So, uh, Double N, are you keeping the scores okay? Yep, yep, sure. Okay, who's uh, it? Who's and Mark and Peter P are on the lead. Okay. With ten points. Insult comes second with two points. And 
behind it is Andrew. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Where was my, ex- where was my extra point? Yeah, and Andy Mack has got oh, an extra point, sorry. by the way. And he, yeah, so he got an extra point. So oh, you're Yeah, so here Shocking we go. Seat. Right, so uh, right, very, very quickly, this is the missing word, okay? This is a headline, you'd give me the missing word, okay? So first off, Peter P. Uh, Pogba, that's Paul. Pogba is what? Pogba is what? <laughs> He's a cool guy. I very much like him. I'm going to give you three points for that because that's nice. That's nice. It's actually is back yeah, I'm on. Very Bar- nice man. <laughs> okay, you've, you've done your piece. Thanks. Don't worry. <laughs> He's back on Barcelona's radar. Okay, so Barcelona looking trying by. Okay, Esau, this one is for you. Italy, what Wales? Italy, what Wales? Yeah, I couldn't give this to Peter P because he'd insult Wales again. So Italy, what Wales? This is rugby. Italy surprise Wales or come from behind to. Take Wales. Italy. That wouldn't be a surprise, though. No, it wouldn't. Italy end 36 game losing streak against Wales. (laughs) That's not get the word. That gets the paragraph. (laughs) I'll give you three points, Lisa. I'll give you three points, to be fair. Okay, uh, Andy Mack, this one is for you. Um, What if England fans don't go to Qatar for the World Cup? What if England fans don't go to Qatar? Relief. Um, <laughs> he thought. <laughs> Be careful. Come on, Andy Mike. What if Paul Pogba grows his hair back if England fans don't go to Qatar? <laughs> I'll give you three points for it. No, it's great shame, great shame, okay? Uh, Andrew Flint, uh, this one is for you, okay? Uh, multiple bids submitted for what? Multiple bids submitted for what? <laughs> Come on. What or whom? Any clue, no? No, no. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's an easy one. I'm telling you, it's dead easy. Multiple, Go on. Multiple bids. Multiple bids submitted for... Um, for Pogba's personal yeah. address. No. Okay, I'm going to give. I'm going to give you just because you just repeated Pogba, so I'll give you one point for that. It's Chelsea, Chelsea FC. Okay, Nima, uh, this one is for you. France sweep with Grand Slam. France sleep, sweep what with Grand Slam? Uh, I don't watch egg chasing and I'm sorry if I offended anyone with that but I have no idea what I know there's been Six Nations and I I studied in Wales University and I thought it was lovely but I don't understand it and I don't know so I have no idea I'll give you two points it's sweet fans (laughs) after feet well done okay very quickly this is the odd one out here we go these are NHL scoring leaders okay this of course because Elvechkin has just risen up into the top so here we go All right, Uh, Peter P this one is for you um, Mario Lemieux, Alexander Ovechkin, or Wayne Gretzky? Who's the odd one out? Um, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say Lemieux. Mm, you should have said Gretzky because Gretzky is the only person to have played for more than one team. Two of them have only played for one team: uh, Pittsburgh uh, for Lemieux and Ovechkin for Washington. Okay, so you finish up on 13 points. Is that correct, Double N? Yes or no? Yep, yep, okay, yep. okay. Okay, very good. Uh, Esalt for you. 894, 895, or 896? Which is the odd one out? It's going to obviously be 895 because it's an odd number. It's actually 894. Okay, there the, uh, no, the go. So my reason is as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you a point. So you're on five points, correct? And double N? Six. Six, six points. points. Six points. Six points. Overall, well done. Okay. Uh, it's actually because they're the, the goals, regular season goals from Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Andy Mack. Okay. 
Colorado Avalanche, New York Rangers, or Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or Anaheim Ducks? Uh, Rangers. Oh, well done, well done. That is true. So you're getting 10 points for that because uh, the top all three players all played for them. Gretzky, uh, Lemieux, and or Messier and Jagger. Well done, well done. Larry, Larry Liske would be loving that one. Well done. Uh, you finish up on 24. Is that correct, Double M? Exactly. exactly. Okay, lovely. Okay, can't be caught now at this stage. So almost like Rangers in a couple of weeks' time. Right, Andrew Flint. <laughs> uh, here we go. Quick one for you. You have to give me a quick answer on this one. The odd one out uh, is it uh, Henrik Sadiq, Alexander Ovechkin, or Joe Thornton? Uh, Ovechkin. No, it's actually Thornton. He has scored. Uh, he has. He's the only active player in the top thirty goal scorers. Okay, active top there. Okay, uh, very quickly, Dima. So again, this is just a guess. It's going. I guess fifty six, forty, or thirty nine. Fifty six, forty, or thirty nine. Uh, <laughs> I'm forty. 40. No, it's actually 56. They're the empty net goals that Wayne Gretzky has scored in the regular season. Alexander Veskin <laughs> has scored 39. So the champion tonight is Mr. Andy Mack. Well done, Andy. There you go, Peter P. <laughs> Two more weeks of exile. <laughs> All right. Okay, Nima, thank you very, very much. So, so, wait, wait, wait. So, so, does, that, does that mean I finished, I finished behind Andy Mack? Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'll take yeah, okay, okay. Again. Oh, Again. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. I'm going to let them all go right now. Thank you, of course, to Nima and, of course, to both him and to Double N, uh, uh, Naruz Pirus, and uh, to all of you listeners as well who are celebrating tomorrow, Naruz Pirus as well. So I'm Alan Moore going out right now into the lovely Moscow night saying thank you so much for switching the old brains off and just enjoying a bit of sports on a late on a Sunday night. We're going to go out. And kind of a bit more positive, okay? Because things sometimes are bad, but we can always make them better, okay? We just stick to our principles and get things done. This is Shine Down and Get Up. Back, of course, next week with more Capital Sports of Moscow's Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I know you're clinging to the light of day To tell you everything's